right, everybody. I hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, it is your host, Bryce Paul here, joined by my trusty compadre, as always, on the Crypto 101 podcast. It's Mr. Aaron Pizza Mind Malone. What's up, everyone? Uh, I am back, and it is a very interesting time to be awake at the moment. Uh, without giving away too much of what's going on, in case you're listening to this six months later, uh, one world is dying, but from the ashes of phoenixes are rising, and that phoenix is Web3. And everything that encompasses that, whether it's decentralized networks or communities coming together and establishing their own governance and frameworks for living, existing, payments, all kinds of stuff is changing. And it's happening right before our eyes right now. And, you know, Bryce, we really need to do a deep dive just on what is Web3? What are the different components of that? Well, we got, Who should we talk to? The perfect guy. And in fact, he's joined, uh, joined us here today on this show. This is Ahmed Al-Balaghi, who's the CEO and the co-founder of Biconomy. Thank you so much, Bryce. Um, and thanks so much, Aaron. Lovely to be here um, and to be speaking with you guys. Yeah, man, we, we couldn't be more excited. A uh, lot of, like Pizza Mind said, kind of tectonic shifts uh, kind of underneath our feet as Web3, NFTs, DeFi. Uh, now we have, you know, Twitter losing ownership to Elon Musk, who's an advocate for Crazy. free speech and decentralization. He says he wants to open source Twitter's algorithms so that people could understand how decisions are being made a little bit better. This is this is a wild time. And so before we even, you know, like unpack by economy and all that stuff, um, you know, why did you choose Web3 to like be your modus operandi? Why is Web3 the place where you decided to, to stake your time? Yeah, no, great question. I think it's, not, so when I think about this, um, it always has dialed back into um, me just being such a, like I, I'm just a, a student of history. Um, and one of the biggest elements of history is that um, there is, there is only one constant and that's change. And wow. what's, what's great about um, like, if you just, again, I, I, I luckily got into web three or crypto, what you want to call it. I actually do call it web three, like you guys um, back in 2016 through Bitcoin. And it was only through Bitcoin that I realized, okay, this could be the evolution of money, right? Like how money has evolved. This is the evolution of it. And naturally, of course, that led to, okay, you could do just so much more with, um, you know, what Bitcoin currently is, like a digital gold, right? Um, and so, yeah, so that was, I'd say, the first foray. Not like, I'd say, the, the millions of people are pouring in just because of NFTs. <laughs> so it's a, it's a different um, angle. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, th that's why I'm, I'm here because of, you know, w w I think we could definitely do better um in in web3 for sure yeah and it's amazing just how many hundreds of thousands or millions of developers at this point have had that same aha moment and drop their day job at their corporate office and come together to build this thing it's almost like a hive mind that's happening all over the world right now but let's define some terms and paint a really clear picture for our listeners what is the difference between cryptocurrency like bitcoin and web3 there wouldn't have been web3 without crypto 
right? Amen. Like that, that's how I see it. Um, and I just feel Web3, it, it really encompasses um, the broader elements, um, you know, in like it, it basically gives crypto life. That, that's how I see it, right? It allows crypto to be um, thought about um, in many different applications. It allows normal people to interact um, with Web3 because crypto is becoming plumbing, like rails, essentially, right? Um, and, and the reason why there are these rails is because crypto has enabled these public blockchains to be open, to be secure, and to be you know, for, for innovative applications to be built on, which now a lot of people are going into and using. And so, um, you know, when we come to think of it, I, I really tend to believe cryptocurrencies are just an application of the broader Web3 ecosystem, which, you know, um, which derives of, like you said, pretty much NFTs, mm. the metaverse, gaming, um, different ways of organizing and um, capital through DAOs and, and, and like collective workforces around the world and of course DeFi and so um, yeah I, that, that's really how I see it it's, it's basically like a really enhanced version of the internet <laughs> where there's just so many more possibilities and cryptocurrency is just one application yeah a lot more control a lot more ownership yeah. uh, sovereignty you know over Absolutely. your own self uh, privacy so all those good things that everybody who's at incentives you know um like that, that that's something that you know and incentives mm. something that we you know we we've never had also as um you know as just you know people you know just contemporary been using the internet right we have not naturally had incentives um, as part of the the experience, you know. When, and the when, thing about crypto, it's it's truly scalable digital incentives, right? Because there's yeah. never a way to have you know that sort of digital scarcity and and that you know ability to transfer you know these unit accounts back and forth between people permissionless and have this really good system uh, completely yeah. digitally, completely you know authenticated. And now with the onset of Bitcoin and now all the other cryptos, we've got that. And now the market's taken hold. And it's just like, oh, unleash the incentives. We got yield farming. We got everything. It's like, you know, and, you know, NFT utilities and all sorts of fun stuff. But, uh, but where does Biconomy sit in the midst of, of this whole revolution? Yeah, no, absolutely. We, I mean, I, I like to give this analogy, right? Whenever, think of a highway, right? You, you have this highway and there's a, a toll booth every 10 meters. And that toll booth tells you to pay the toll charge with coins every single time you pass it, right? Um, now, of course, this is, I feel, you know, what, what we see is a current experience with a lot of these Web3 applications where... Inconvenient. <laughs> essentially, right? It's like every time you interact with Web3 applications, you need to have gas of um, a native, of this native blockchain in order to um, actually um, interact with this um, application. And so there's a lot of inconvenience right and and i really what bioeconomy is here to solve is removing away complexities um that arise at this crypto transactional layer that we're seeing and we basically build plug and play apis for developers which basically enable better user experience um for for their end users and this um essentially is all about having these abstraction layers such as gas abstraction layers and cross-chain abstraction layers um, for the developers themselves 
Oh, awesome. So, so by economy, to me, it sounds like it's maybe something that our listeners at home uh, aren't going to go download an app, start playing with by economy. And, uh, you know, it's not on that level. It's more on the level of like, hey, the apps that you're playing with might yeah. have infrastructure underneath them run by Biconomy, right? You won't even know that you're using them in the same way you don't know that you're using Amazon web servers to get your Netflix show. Uh, you just know you're watching Netflix. Is that kind of a fair analogy? Yeah. That's a very fair analogy. And it's really interesting because we, um, it, it's funny that we've, right now there have been around 1.7 million users that have interacted with Buy Economy, um, knowingly or unknowingly, right? Um, so mo in most cases, they don't know because um, most, a lot of these transactions are gaseous transactions. And so end users are just basically signing a message and interacting with these applications without having to pay gas, which is really cool. Um, but in some cases, um, they, they get to see it um, live because the applications have put that at the UI level. Um, and so, um, so for example, the sandbox, um, you know, they use by economy at the moment to allow for, for gases transactions where they don't want the sandbox for people who are listening. I mean, this is yeah. one of the preeminent largest metaverses in the entire, you know, in the entire world. I saw they just yeah. recently raised a lot of money, uh, from SoftBank, uh, among many others. So sounds like, you know, this technology that you guys are, you know, um, kind of hosting that many other applications are underpinning on seems like it's getting some good fit some mark uh, some product market fit yeah absolutely and and for us it's it's you know we we really believe that the ux in, in web3 could be you know way better right i mean what what web3 has done very well we've gone from zero to one but how do you get from one to a hundred kind of what is the metaverse missing now in order to take it to that eventuality that, that we're all excited about yeah, no, that's that's a really good question. There are multiple things. <laughs> and I wish, you know, I could say that this is, you know, we're solving everything because in reality, no one company could solve everything, right? Um, things are too early. Everyone has resource constraints um, and focus is, is, is key. Um, so, of course, a couple of things, um, you know, that comes from the top of my head. First is interoperability. Um, this is really important because people have these, nfts or there are in these different universes um and it would be great to you know teleport from, you know from one to the other using the assets that you have and so uh, on that front um interoperability and, and standards on that front would become really awesome um for people to just you know own what they have and be able to go to it's like traveling without needing to have a passport or go through customs right and be able to transfer your assets um that that's one part of it and this then relates to like identity as well so identity generally is is broken um like even traditional identity right uh, there's a lot of inefficiencies um and more so in 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 the web3 world because you have all these different wallets um you know there are no credentials um people are maybe kind of building tools now or like ways of sort of scanning your wallet and seeing the transactions that you do but this hasn't been really organized into a way where um, people could so could interact in a very social manage in a, in a very social way and this is why nft token gated nft use cases have become such a a big compelling use case because then you could sort of actually understand who you know um your, your community are right um, so, so that's definitely a second thing. And of course, the third thing that we're working on is, is the UX side and 
how we can make that, you know, it's just a simple user experience for end users where, you know, maybe they could pay gas in a subscription free, you know, in a subscription way, right? They don't need to pay every time or they can pay gas in a different token or they just don't have to pay gas at all. Like, like, like how it's being done at the sandbox and decentralized level. And so it's about providing all these different possibilities that I feel, you know, would get us from one to a hundred. Yeah, I definitely think solving the gas problem is going to take at least 20 steps forward. Uh, not having to have whatever that native token is in your wallet all the time uh, is going to be a huge leap forward. What are some other things in Web3 that maybe are a little bit slept on right now? Because we're hearing metaverse, metaverse, metaverse all the time from every direction. No one really knows why or why we need this or why people are pouring billions of dollars into it. Well, I mean, we've tried to do VR since the 80s and it just has not ever caught on yet. So I don't know why. I mean, I think it's cool, but I don't know why this keeps getting pushed in front of the, you know, everybody when there's just like a small sector that's like really into games and stuff like that. I've joined different metaverses. I think it's cool. I think the idea of maybe having a virtual office in Decentraland where I'm meeting up with different people and then going back to my portals room where I can listen to music and hang out with my friends and then having an Oculus experience where I have a date at McDonald's with you know 10 friends from all over the world and we just meet up at the same time. I think that's cool, but is it necessary? I think that's what they're pushing. But anyway, aside from the metaverse, <laughs> what are some smaller things that have really caught your eye that are still maybe below the radar in this Web3 space? That, that's a, a, a great question. So I, I was just in ETH Amsterdam um, last week, and it, it was just amazing, you know, just to see all the different um, projects and ideas um, that people are working on. I mean, to, to give like one idea that I, I guess is kind of out there, um, and it's something that I think is just so interesting is um, this kind of is, is related to gas, but think about um, if you just think about traditional commodities like um, oil, right? Oil is an asset or sorry, a commodity that is, for example, purchased by airlines and many other um, companies in a, at a fixed rate for in the future. Correct. And so there are naturally futures markets for oil um, and for other commodities. And what's interesting is in this, you know, as, as we're seeing more and more people go to Web3 and as gas being this sort of, you know, um, we could call it oil in, in, in this regard. Right. There are no futures for, for gas or, let's say, block space. Yeah. And, and by the way, people at home listening, we're yeah. talking about Ethereum as gas or Solana as gas or yes. any native token. Correct. Thank you so much for <laughs> for correcting me, Bryce. There, not, well, not natural gas, mean. which, by the way, is really hot right now. Yeah. A lot of people are you know, hearing in their crypto articles, yeah. they're reading about you know the, the skyrocketing price of natural gas and oil. So, just want to make sure we clear the confusion there. Thank you so much um, for that. So, gas in the in the token in the context of, of blockchains um, are represented in block space, and so. We do not have yet a, a market for um, block space futures where these validators could basically sell their, you know, their, their, their block space um, for upfront payment now for, for the future, right? And, and this is amazing. Why, do that? why? I'll tell you why. Because A, they can lock in profits and revenue early on. And B, they, 
you know, it's it's very hard to predict where the market will be or what the price of these of this commodity will be in a year's time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they know block and, space is fixed and it's scarce and that there's demand for it, I guess. There's demand, but it doesn't mean that there's always going to be the same level of demand, right? Right, because there'll um, be varying levels of uh, demand for transactions, I suppose. Exactly. And what if you create a thousand different blockchains and they all in, are interoperable, interoperable with each other? And so it just happens to fit the needs and demand for everyone, right? Um, so what's interesting here is, is that you could potentially create things like stable gas products, right? Where wallets, decentralized applications, metaverses, or whoever could basically say, yep, it's like a SIM card, right? I could pay $100 for a thousand transactions or whatever the gas fees are, the end user doesn't care. They pay this initial $100 and the risk is on the person who is basically, you know, you know, in the at least going down the stack, that that's where they take the risk, right? And so, I think this is a key critical component that hasn't yet been built, um, and I think that's really exciting because it just allows the industry to really um, be mature, right? In, in in this commodity that everyone is dealing with, and it just it, it and then it will just allow us to in a way price products. Um, and to like make things way more user-friendly um, at the application here. Holy smokes, this month has been a doozy. Uh, inflation hit 8.4%, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Meta, uh, you know, Facebook, they announced crazy fees for their version of the metaverse. Of course, surprising no one. And Elon Musk, you guys hear this? He's attempting to buy all of Twitter. Uh, So quality chaos does keep things interesting, but not when it comes to your financial well-being because you don't always need to take big risks to get big rewards. In fact, there's a dependable asset class that billionaires have used to grow their wealth. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. For centuries, whose total value will explode uh, by over $900 billion, some estimates say, in the next four years. And its price appreciation 
actually beat the S&P's total return by 164% for the last 25 years with nearly zero correlation to public equities. And this may shock you, but this asset class, drumroll please, uh, it's contemporary art. So masterworks.io has revolutionized the contemporary art market by enabling you to invest in a portion of a painting. So you don't need millions to start diversifying. Look, we've been talking about them for months. It's a genius idea. And you guys seem to agree, haven't already put hundreds of thousands of dollars into their platform. So if you're still behind, you can skip their wait list today by going to masterworks.io slash crypto 101. Again, that's masterworks.io slash crypto 101. And guys, please do see some important reg A disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD. Again, that's masterworks.io slash crypto 101. All right, back to the show. Really, really exciting to see this coming to life. Uh, and another thing that's sprouting up, and I don't know if this is a weed or a rose bush, we're seeing all kinds of eco funds and investment funds uh, that are growing right now. Even from companies that are not traditionally investors, they're usually keeping all of their cash in a bank on a balance sheet. But now, these and these are not eco-friendly funds; these are ecosystem funds. Ecosystem funds, whether that's for a specific layer one blockchain or for coins that are listing on a certain exchange, whatever that ecosystem is, there's all kinds of investment funds now to seed new companies. What does this trend signal to you that so many people are getting into investments and out of cash? For example, you know, whether it's McDonald's or Coinbase or you know, some of these other companies that traditionally are not investment funds, they do other things, but they're now creating a fund just to invest yeah rather than just sitting on their cash in a bank account somewhere. You know, we've been doing this forever in crypto, but now companies are starting to do this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it's, it's incredible because you, it's, it's becoming a, a natural tendency for these companies to, to realize that it, what, one of the best ways to, you know, to gain exposure or to be a part of, you know, a bigger trend that they might not, necessarily have the resources in house to do it's it's always easier to gain exposure by by actually investing right um and and i think this is something that we've been seeing um like traditionally web 2 but like you said it's been growing quite a lot um and it's funny how it's just been a you know um a thing that's just been happening naturally at the the web 3 level right you see all these layer on blockchains they all have these ecosystem funds, um, if you were um, to basically spearhead the growth of their um, layer one blockchains. But so it's funny when you kind of look into these, right? You don't know whether they're grants only or whether they actually take some <laughs> some tokens from the project itself. Um, so what, what what's interesting here is is that um, it, it's great to see um, these things happening. Like one, of course, one recent one is, is Stripe. They have this huge investment fund of theirs. Um, as well, but then it's like, okay, what are the um, the incentives, and also what are the the drawbacks from companies, you know, investing? Right, they they could potentially invest in their competitors, or they could invest in in others to maybe push them out of the market. 
Um, and it's really interesting to see how, how this will happen. And in, the, in a Web3 context, there's just so much money involved that, you know, people just want to like, in a way, hand it out just so that they're just building on, on their ecosystem. They want right? to stake their claim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about um, some of the success that you guys have seen, um, whether that's in terms of uh, in fundraising or whether that's in terms of some, some awesome uh, milestones you guys have just hit, whether um, that was for product launches. But we'd love a, 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 an update here from, uh, from Biconomy as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, recently we've um, just launched our version one of, of staking. Um, so that's basically the staking of um, our Biconomy tokens. And already over three, like um, three million plus tokens have been have been staked by um, a lot of our community. Um, so this is great because um, this was like something that was highly anticipated um, and something that community wanted. Um, at the the product level, um, in terms of Gasless, we've um, hit over eighty applications that have been using Gasless to where, where they come in and subsidize their end users' gas fees, um, and we've already relayed around seventeen and a half million transactions so far, um, and and that's saved um, end users over, well, I'd say at least over four million dollars of gas fees so far. Wow. Um, I hope um, I was one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you will be eventually. There's so many things that are connecting to Biconomy now. I was just looking through their ecosystem and it's just growing. And it's a really interesting place to maybe find uh, some free alpha. They've got some connections to some really, really early but powerful things. And that really made me think, you know, we're really seeing a lot of advancement in the utility of NFTs. It's so far away from just being a pixelated art picture now. Yeah. There's so many things that have developed, you know, even in the past six months. What are some of the most unique NFTs that you've seen out there so far? So th there is definitely one unique NFT, which I, I just totally um, um, forgot to set a reminder for, for, for the drop. And that's the, um, that's the Proof Collective NFT. Um, and um, for, for those who, who don't know, the Proof Collective um, is, is run by Kevin Rose, who's a partner at True Ventures, which is one of our investors. And um, that this, this sort of collective is basically a collective of entrepreneurs, creators, artists within the space that sort of, um, you know, come in, work together and also spearhead, um, um, you know, new projects within that community. And so there are only a thousand of these NFTs. Um, and, and what's interesting is that we, it's, it's become like it, it went from, OK, like an interesting community, um, which then expanded to, hey, like we're kind of accelerating these new projects that are coming out of this community. Right. Um, and basically Moonbirds, which I'm sure you guys have seen in the past couple of days, um, you know, spun out essentially of, of Proof Collective. And so. What's interesting is essentially, you know, having a, a like it's like this private member club that has access to the new projects, all the new things that come out of it. Right. Um, and I believe we're going to see way more of these where you're going to, you know, you, if you want to basically be a part of this group, you need to come in and, 
and 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 basically own this nft and there'll always be this sort of price right or this minimum floor that everyone keeps talking like about. a fraternity you got to know somebody to get into this party well also you got to pay up as well you gotta pay right? up pay your dues <laughs> and pay up i mean so maybe you don't even need to know anyone right it's just you, as long as you maybe have whatever the, the floor price is then then you're, you're a part of it right um and so i i think we're naturally going to see more and more of these um it's also interesting to see like i love your guys take on this as well um but like what traditional businesses will be doing to um, enable um, their current businesses to work with NFTs, whether it's in the form of loyalty programs, whether it's in the form of, again, token gated access or like just free merchandise by, you know, by getting this free NFT and getting something, you know, years down the line of a free reward, right? Um, like we're seeing lots of companies experimenting. It's just... You know, it, it still feels at the edges. Yeah, I think it's going to streamline partnerships between companies. If you think back, you know, once upon a time, uh, you ran across a Boy Scout or a church group and they were doing fundraising and you gave them 10 bucks and they gave you this card that had like 50 different companies on it that were local and you could go in there and get a discount. Yeah, I remember I think, that. yeah, everyone's had that at some point in their life. And I think NFTs are going to kind of create little ecosystems like that where you get uh, an nft from subway and then all their partners you know maybe coca-cola or you know whatever um, sun chips whatever else is in there and then you have access to discounts to those products pretty much wherever you go and i would imagine you know there, there's going to be you know nfts and stuff for uh, you know frequent flyers if you will you know i'm a yeah. guy who you know comes in and you're you're going to eat you know, at this place every day. And it's like, all right, if you come in seven times in a month, you're going to get this NFT. And it like gamifies your restaurant experience or gamifies your, um, you know, your flying experience, right? And it gets also a little bit more customer loyalty in, in there um, between the uh, the business and the customer. So I, I think we're just at the, the absolute tip of the iceberg here for yeah. and, and what the eventuality will be. So we, we work with this... Um traditional esports company in LA we that we did this huge nft drop for them 100 thieves um and it was 700,000 nft mints all free right that they did for the community they didn't have to pay gas or anything and what was really interesting was to also see how um you know companies like these were thinking about you know if, if they win a tournament that's when they'll do an, a free nft drop Right. Um, like things like this are interesting because it, it could also it, it's like, you know, um, POAPs. Right. I, you know, as the industry calls them, sort of a, a proof of attendance. Right. Um, where, you know, let's say you've you know, you've won a championship and because this championship is won, there's this sort of NFT that's been given, which could then lead to future um um like you know anything that events um, or like I, I know a guy who went to an nft conference just because if you go like your you get proof of an attendance right and then that proof yeah. of attendance was like oh then you could resell that because that has some type of sentimental value <laughs> yeah exactly and it could also have any sort of value to attend anything else later on right mm -hmm. or um, like if you had uh you know if you had the nft of uh you know kobe bryant's last game or something like yeah. that you know, I did see, actually, this is funny. Speaking of which, uh, I saw somebody bought the NFT 
of Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. Oh, wow. And he bought it for some, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then Tom Brady comes out of retirement <laughs> and it's no longer uh, oh, his last no. touchdown. So it's like, <laughs> you know, what's the truth, right? Uh, yeah. But that's, you know, that's just uh, NFTs for you. They, they, uh, oh, that's great. These, these footballers or, you know, all these um, sports players who just arbitrage and front run the opportunity there. They could just say, yeah, this is going to be my final game. And exactly. <laughs> NFT and make some good money and then <laughs> come out of retirement. That would be that would be nuts. That would be absolutely nuts. Um, now, before we before we kind of close it out, um, I want to give you know the audience a little insight and a little color into you know who you are and what drives you. And one of the ways we kind of like to to kind of get that out of you is just asking you one person uh, that's in the crypto world that has like really inspired you. Maybe it was uh, academically, maybe it was um, they pushed you to take a risk or do something. Um, kind of, can you tell us about maybe that one person and what that impactful experience might've been in your career? Mm, that is a very good question. Okay. I've got someone. Um, actually, I've got a few people. <laughs> yeah, please. Like, um, but I mean, I, I, I do definitely want to give a, a shout out to Dr. Marwan. Um, Marwan is Zirouni. He's um, think of him as the godfather of blockchain in the UAE. Um, he's the one who sort of spearheaded um, sort of blockchain development at the government level and been and has been advocating for Bitcoin since like forever um, at the government level. And I, I used to be based in the UAE. Um, um, probably we'll, we'll go back at some point. Um, but he, um, is a, a great guy who is both a mentor, a friend, and also an investor, um, and someone who's done a lot of good for this space, um, particularly within, um, the, the, the region he, uh, you know, he represents. Uh, yeah. You should get him on the podcast. I, hey, could you facilitate an intro? That would 100%. be wonderful. Yeah, let's do it. Let's you guys are loving. <laughs> so cool. I used yeah. to run a podcast in the UAE um, called Encrypted. Mm. Um, that is in the ether <laughs> um, <laughs> at the moment. Um, it's the last episode I done for that. I think was this time last year. Um, but uh, my first guest of that podcast was podcast was Dr. Marwan. Mm. Love it. Um, now. Last question we have for you, uh, kind of a kind of an easy one, but of all the companies or even maybe applications, or we could extend it to protocols that are that are out there, is there one that you think is having just the, the biggest impact? That the one technology, the one company that you're like, that's pushing humanity forward. Ah, uh, okay. I'll say there's one, but this one isn't necessarily pushing humanity forward. I'd say it's showing, it's it's surfacing the the things that we don't want to see that's already happening within every part of of um of us of the sphere of our lives right um and that's curve Curve. what's interesting about curve is that it went from being a very simple you know stable coin stable swap protocol to becoming this you know powerhouse of anyone could come in and bribe the hell out of, you know, rewards, um, uh, you know, being sucked into a particular protocol to 
um, you know, to expand their influence or essentially whatever they want to do, right? The curve um, wars. The curve wars. And what's interesting, I mean, I, I'm not involved in it. Um, you know, curve was, uh, you know, one of our, I'd say that was our third client, right? Um, and, you know, we, we sort of knew the team well and they're really cool guys. But just seeing that huge shift in the direction of how people apply and use Curve um, and looking at these Curve wars and just understanding how all these bribing works, like it, it's, it's kind of a headache and a mess at the same time. But when you think about it, bribing happens literally in all aspects of our lives without us knowing. And I'd say that that's just like something that um, that did kind of hit me um, when thinking, OK, no, these bribes are bad. Right. But in reality, it kind of happens <laughs> all over the place, especially in the political sphere in in different ways. Right. Not as not in the in the word bribes. Right. Um, I think crypto could do a better way of terming things, but <laughs> um, it's just interesting to that's a really unique answer we haven't heard before. So yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes in real life now that will be exposed with transparent blockchain. And I think it's inevitable that you know everything from campaign contributions to votes, um, digital identity is all going to be on chain, and that's going to make a much more honest world in the future. So. Pretty excited for what's to come. But thank you so much for all your time today and all your insight. And we really look forward to seeing how many more hundreds and thousands of projects onboarding Dubai Economy. Thank you so much. So thanks so much for, for the time. Um, and yeah, for, for getting me on here. You bet. All right, Ahmed, we'll bring you back on the show. Uh, give us a couple months. You will, we'll get a couple more updates from you uh, and we'll give the good people some more Ahmed. All right, thank you so much. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.